Welcome to Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner with Dr. C, the academic entrepreneur. Some of the most successful stories in business started from failure, sometimes even multiple failures. The guests on our program have faced failure, learned to understand it, and have used it to their advantage. You can too. Get ready for success. Now, here's your host, Dr. Cheryl Lentz. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner with Dr. C, the academic entrepreneur. And I'm Dr. Cheryl Lentz. My students and friends call me Dr. C. And today we have some extraordinary guests for you, Dr. Richard Penbridge and Dr. Tamika Gray. Because our question that they're going to tackle for us today is, are you prepared for all possible answers in life and in research? Life doesn't quite go as expected, now does it? It's full of twists and turns and often quite a bit different than we might have planned. Is this good or bad? Therein lies the question, and the answer depends on you and your perspective. Remember, in past weeks, we've been looking at this idea of dancing with failure to decide who leads and who follows. The importance here is context and that little word we talked about in previous weeks, yet, Y-E-T, makes all the difference. If we are prepared for all possible answers, then life will only surprise and delight us. As a teacher, my goal is to help others see what is already there with the appropriate eyes. Remember, Napoleon Hill said, as a man thinketh, so he is. Thus, if we think we're on track and we're surprised and delighted, we will be. If we think we are doomed to failure, then we're also right. How we think of failure is how we will choose to respond. So the question for us to look at really is, do we lead or do we follow? And that means, do we lead or follow ourselves when we're prepared for all possible answers in life and in research? So are we excited That the surprises that life offers us and thrilled and and kind of intrigued going, hmm, didn't quite see that coming. Or are we frustrated and unable to see the gifts that a fork in the road just might offer us? Life is a choice on how we respond to failure. Today our guests are going to use you, introduce you to that initial tunnel vision they once had. Their ability to have to work through reframing what they thought they saw and how they interpreted what they thought they saw. Because reality is simply perception. And remember, when we ask the right questions, the right answers will come. So again, are you prepared for all possible answers because you're asking the right questions? Perhaps life and what you hope for is even better than you anticipated. Wouldn't that be a thrill? It's all about perspective. Is the glass half full? Or is the glass half empty? The glass is what it is, regardless of what we think it might be. The same amount of water is in that glass, regardless of how we perceive it. So when we look at redirecting and focusing our lenses to see that big picture, to allow how the picture unfolds to the wonders of the universe, we have a choice to discover the joys of failure. Yes, I'm going to say that again, the joys of failure. Failure is nothing more than reframing the question. Do we see it as a something that didn't work yet? Or do we see it as something that's just, oh my gosh, we're done. It's over. It's finished. Life has just come full circle for us and we're out. 
If we look at some of the examples we've talked about in previous weeks, remind you of things like the Post-it notes. Remember, the 3M Corporation, the Post-it notes glue was essentially an initial failure. It didn't work. It didn't stick. And it was supposed to, at least in that context. But when they put it in this whole database without judgment, that database was just stuff that happened. And we, as the human, had to decide whether or not it was a good or a bad thing. And for the initial experiment, it was a bad thing because it didn't work. But for post-it notes, it was a billion-dollar boon. Who knew that not sticking was a good thing? So it's all a matter of reframing what we see. Our examples we've used in the past, 409. Formula 409 is 488 ways of how this cleaner didn't work. WD-40, 39 ways that the cleaner, you know, that the oil or WD-40, whatever that magic stuff is that stops creaking, it didn't work. The light bulb took 998 times. And so the idea is, when do we give up? And there's this fabulous book. One of these days, I'm going to try and get Greg on the show. But Greg Reed wrote Three Feet from Gold. And it was essentially is how quickly do we all give up right before success might be ours? And so the idea is failure isn't really a bad thing. It's just a thing. And how we give it context, how we frame it, how we look at it, it's either a good thing or a bad thing. Failure just is. Failure is something a non-judgmental is something that didn't work yet. We can leave it sit on the table and we can say, yep, that's it. That's failure. There it is. And we can walk away and then it really is failure. But if we look at failure as simply a context of, yeah, it didn't work. Let's try something else. Yeah, that didn't work. That did, let's try something else. To be prepared for all possible answers. And as a professional, professional researcher, that's my job. I am not supposed to be married to any particular outcome. I'm simply to look at the outcome. Well, what did we learn? What was the goal? Did we find another way around the mulberry bush that worked? Yay! Or did we find another way around the mulberry bush that didn't? Yay! Either way... It's still valuable. And therein lies that F word that everybody is so doggone afraid of is failure. Failure is just a thing. It's just a state of mind. It's how we dance with failure that is important. And so today we're going to talk with two extraordinary leaders that are just completing their doctorate programs. One of them is a recent graduate. One is a graduate has been for a few years now. And we're going to look at the lessons they've learned regarding failure. We're going to look at how they tighten that scope when they're viewing stuff. You remember when you look at binoculars and you have to kind of put it into focus? Well, there are some things that initially, it doesn't have that focus, right? It's something we thought we saw, something we thought we knew. And then we focused in a little bit and like, oh, so that's what the picture is. Oh, so that's the meaning that we give it. Oh, so that's the outcome. That's the lesson that's the gift and so I want to be very very specific as what failure is trying to teach us and we're asking that question are you prepared for everything you see are you only prepared for what you want to see in research we call this attribution error and it's a real difficult thing that could put bias in your research because if you only go into the research question and expecting to find the answers you expect to find, you might discount everything that doesn't fit that narrative. And you might miss those extraordinary gifts of, huh, I was wrong. Isn't that curious? And being wrong isn't a bad thing. Being wrong is, gee, I was expecting something. It didn't happen. And now I'm going to make a decision based on empirical evidence. 
We're going to make sure that what we see and what we thought we saw and what we expected to find are all the same thing. Because if they're not, then we have to readjust the lens a little bit. We have to move forward and find out the answers because all research is, if you boil it down to its simplest terms, is we're asking a question. And we're going to see if we're right or wrong. And remember when we talked about Alice in Wonderland, my favorite, we talked with the Cheshire Cat, right? And the Cheshire Cat was all about that fork in the road that Alice comes to. And Alice asks him a question. And the Cheshire Cat says, if you don't know where you're going, any path will do. And so our goal is to be able to look at what is the path we want to travel? How do we choose to interpret this? How do we choose to be prepared for all possible answers? So we're going to have some guests today. They're going to offer you some very interesting ways to be able to look at how do we interpret what we think we see? How do we look at that big picture and reframe it going, well, I could see it as half empty. And the answer is, sure, you could. Or you could see it as half full. Sure, you could. Either way, still has the same volume of water in that glass. The question is going to be, what are you going to do with that information? Are you going to be the post-it notes executive who went in and said, yeah, but I don't need a glue that sticks. I just need a glue that sticks sometimes and kind of is sticky. But that was a failure for one success or for one experiment that was a success for another. So in a few minutes when we come back from break, I want you to be able to listen with some very keen eyes and ears, very perceptive to hear what is being said and what was thought, what was expected, what was assumed, we know that one, and what actually happened and how we interpret it. Often the events, again, the same water in the glass, whether we look at it as half full or half empty, the idea, it's the same water in the glass. The question is, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to move and how are you going to move forward to dance with that failure? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Ideally, either way, we're right. So I want you to be very perceptive and very detail-oriented so you can listen very keenly with what our guests are about to tell you so you can learn from their experience. So you can learn with how they're going to interpret what happened to them and decide on whether or not they thought it was failure or success, and does it matter so long as the outcome, the final outcome, the final moment, the final interpretation is exactly where we need to be. So I want to thank you so much for joining us today. We have a lot in store, so I want you to sit back, buckle up, and we're going to a little bit learn to dance with failure today. So remember, you always have the opportunity to call us. You have the opportunity to email us. You have the opportunity to use all of our social media handles that we have from Twitter to Facebook to Instagram. Yes, I'm now on Instagram and LinkedIn. So let me again introduce our wonderful guests we're going to be talking to in just a few minutes, Dr. Richard Pembridge, Dr. Tamika Gray, and I'm your host, Dr. Cheryl Lentz, the academic entrepreneur, and I am so thrilled that you'll be joining us today. But let's see if we can't help brighten your day a little bit, give you some things that go, ooh, ah, hmm, what am I going to do with all of that? So I want you to stay tuned, buckle up, and start learning to understand the amazing, absolutely wonderful gifts that failure has to teach us. We'll be right back here in a few moments in there. Again, you're listening to Dr. Cheryl Lentz, Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner with Dr. C, the Academic Entrepreneur. We'll see you right back after these messages. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
Congratulations on obtaining your doctorate degree and your first university faculty position. Well done. The university expects you to publish, and you don't know where to begin. Contact the Refractive Thinker Team, the premier academic publishing house, where discriminating scholars publish with purpose. To learn more about the 16-time award-winning series just for doctoral scholars, contact Dr. Cheryl Lentz at 702-719-9214 or visit the website refractivethinker.com. That's refractivethinker.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Are you a graduate or doctoral student pursuing your master's or doctorate degree? Do you continue to struggle with your writing to meet university expectations? Hire an award-winning editing and coaching team to help you earn that degree faster. We provide individualized programs to meet your unique needs. Graduation awaits. Call us to make your appointment today. The first call is free. Contact Dr. Cheryl Lentz at 702-719-9214 or at refractivethinker.com. That's refractivethinker.com. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You're tuned in to Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner. To reach Dr. C or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Dr. Cheryl Lentz at gmail.com. Now, back to Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner. Here's Dr. C. And welcome back, everyone. Let's say a warm welcome to our first guest for today's show. He is an interesting medical professional who has some amazing stories to tell us. So let's welcome Dr. Richard Pembridge. Richard, are you with us? Yes, I am. Good afternoon. Welcome. Good afternoon. Oh, we're so thrilled to have you with us. What I would like to know is how our guests get to know you just a little bit, Richard. So tell us a little bit about your background. Well, I've been a nurse practitioner since uh, 2000. I've primarily worked uh, in acute care settings, 
um, in the hospitals. Um, and um, my focus has primarily been endocrine patients and, and diabetes patients. Wonderful. And you know that the focus of this show is fail faster, succeed sooner. You and I have talked at length about this. So we're going to talk about some of your interesting failure to success stories. Where do you want to start? Well, my first, um, I guess, first start would be um, what a degree did I want to pursue um, as far as master's in business versus a doctorate and such? Well, part of this was also as a result of a failure with the hospital to get additional research. So you've had an early idea of looking at problem solving and being able to use your doctoral research to do that. So herein lies an interesting seed to be planted here. So um, once I uh, started onto my doctorate, um, uh, the hospital um, at first kind of struggled to allow me to use data from within the diabetes population. And so I, um, I had to go through some, uh, some hoops and some explanations. Uh, being a contract worker, I had to get some special permissions um, from two different um, arms in order to be able to pursue the data that I was uh, seeking regarding uh, a specific diabetes population. So what was the problem that you tried to fix? What were you looking at that had something that wasn't quite working out that, again, our goal is to be able to get that research out of academia and put it in the hands of people who can use it. And in this case, things weren't going well for the hospital because there are some penalties that Medicare offers with some diabetes patients, and therein grew your research, did it not? Yes, it did. Um, we were seeing a um, an increased risk of readmissions in relation to uh, uh, the diabetes population, and readmission was um, has been, I guess, termed by CMS within 30 days, and so um, the idea was to look and see why was um, a, um, a pretty significant. 12, 15% readmission rate was occurring within 30 days uh, of those patients. Isn't that amazing? We have talked about wealth on this program thus far about being able to look at how research drives the train and how all we're looking at is we're finding something that is broken, something that isn't working well, and in this case, a bottom line component to the hospital, and to find a way you could fix it. So tell us, how did this failure lead to success because of what you found in your research and what you're now going to be doing about it? Well, what we found in um, uh, my research was the patients who were seen uh, by the uh, a diabetes team or so did not necessarily change their incidence of readmission. Um, patients who um, had an incidence of or starting new insulin at discharge, um, they did not so much have an incidence of coming back within 30 days. You think of insulin as a uh, high-risk medication, um, patients being, you know, the struggle of getting it, the cost, and things of that nature. Um, but that wasn't really a, um, we were thinking we would see a lot of patients coming back new to insulin, but that was not the case. But when we pared down the admission glucoses, um, the initial thought was glucose is over 250 coming in would probably be likely to come back. And what we found was the medium range of glucoses in that 180, 250 range were more likely to come back. And the theory or the assumption behind that would be um, 
the high blood sugars get attention, the low blood sugars get attention, but not those middle-of-the-road uh, blood sugars. They kind of get overlooked. I love it. But look at what you did, the process of elimination, and another way of things that didn't work. And now this is why we go and we do research is we're looking at, okay, that didn't work, move on. That didn't work, move on. That didn't work. Ah, the one thing that now you're zeroing in on, and that's what we do research for is we look at essentially what isn't working, what failed, and what can we do about it. In this case, you were able to put a spotlight on something going, ah, here's where we now can focus our attention to be able to see if we can't shift the needle and move something in a more positive direction. But it was a bit of surprise in my hearing in your voice, perhaps. Yeah, that is correct. Um, But, you know, from a team perspective, we uh, decided to change some of our processes and kind of and how we found patients uh, and looked for patients that needed help uh, and such just because what we thought would be the, our intuition would be the issues um, that we needed to focus on a, on more of a a narrower population um, instead of just the, you know, looking at high patients with high blood sugars when they came in. So I want to put something in a spotlight here for us here. It's like, listeners, pay close attention to what Dr. Richard just said. Things that we didn't get right. In other words, another word for that W word, right? Wrong. We were wrong. What we assumed wasn't what was the case, at least in terms of what the numbers were. And so herein lies the great purpose of research is we go and we ask the question, we see if we're right or wrong, either way is valuable. So now you found some valuable stuff that is changing policy, success through failure. I love this. This is fabulous. Okay, so we're going to switch a little bit of gears because you have a few more stories that we want to be able to look at today. So let's talk about your philanthropy and some of those options of success through failure stories. Well, um, one of the things I wound up doing even during my doctorate studies uh, was um, I was president of a swim league, and then um, I became president of a of one of the clubs within that league. Um, there was a lot of um, electronics that needed to be brought into the swim league functionality to make things much uh, easier and to, to streamline processes and workflow. But the concept of change was um, was was huge. The um, the club that uh, I was president of for a couple of years, not that I owned, but it was just a volunteer um, thing. Um, was there was a lot of financial um, problems uh, and such, and herein lies the other issue was change. Um, there was there was really not a lot of financial resources, and so getting them people of the, of the membership to um, accept the concept that the, the, uh, the club needed to sell in order to uh, be able to move forward and to sustain itself. Well, it isn't that hard. That change word should be four letters as far as what most people do because it's that whole point of doing something different because we like things the same because it gives us confidence, it gives us safety, it gives us comfort. And when we have to change and move into a new direction, that's that's challenging in there. So and therein lies another part. Let's talk about the personal stuff because I know you had a lot of issues that you want to be able to look at. And part of this is not looking at just professional issues with regard to failure, but also personal because it's all one package. You just take yourself to work and that comes along for the ride, doesn't it? That is correct. Um, I, you know, from a personal uh, perspective and, and hurdles uh, to overcome um, was one, um, you know, finances, 
for schooling. Um, you know, I mean, there is loans and stuff, but with my children um, in school and on their way to college and stuff, I just didn't want to have that extra hanging over my head and such. So I was able to uh, find some um, extra work opportunity while I was in school um, that has turned into a, a, a professor um, job um, at, a, at an institution as well. So, Isn't that um, an interesting so that, way? A solution to one problem leads to a career move in another way. Isn't that amazing? It's all how we look at things, isn't it? Correct. And then, you know, from a family perspective, you know, I had a daughter go off to college while I was in school. I... Um, there was a couple deaths in the family. Um, we uh, kind of abruptly sold our house and moved to another location, which you're not supposed to do while you're studying, but it all worked out um, and such. So um, I can't uh, I can't complain how things have worked out. Um, I will say the one thing that I had to do um, about a year into my studies was um, I had to tell my family. Um, I have to do certain things for school first before I can work with them so that people who were depending upon me to get my work done to read my proposal, my dissertation, they were not waiting on me. I was waiting on them. And so while I was waiting on them, I was able to do a lot with, with took that time with the family uh, and such. So that conversation was very uh, crucial to um, yeah, you know, for my wife, for my you know, kids to kind of understand where things were at uh, for a couple years. Well, and that's a hard part about managing expectations with being able to make sure that we get to the success. And there's a lot of bumps in the road. So as we're going to bring this story to a close, your personal story, give us your best pieces of advice on how you got through all of this to now have the Dr. Richard Pembridge in front of your name. Um, the I guess advice... Patience on the student part, and um, and then whatever advice you get, um, you should heed to that advice um, because most likely it's coming from someone who's been there before, and they're not trying to make life difficult for you. They're trying to help you achieve your goals. So um, instruction, following instructions, you're not in doctoral research in school, um, it was always told to me, you're not solving the world's problems. You're finding one problem and developing research around it and to, and to stay focused. Don't, don't give up. Just, um, you know, keep working all the angles, ask the questions, get, uh, get clarification. Um, like I said, I think most people that work in academia are there to help um, the students um, to succeed. Outstanding. Well, it's one of my favorite quotes. If you ask the right questions, the right answers will come. So how do our listeners get to continue the conversation with you, Richard? Uh, email address, phone number, website? Um, you can go to drrichardpembridge.com. Um, you can email me at rpembridge at comcast.net. Um, or you can use my cell phone um, if you'd like to reach out to me as well at 615-420-0419. Outstanding. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Listeners, we've been talking to Dr. Richard Pembridge and about his journey through personal, through philanthropy, and through completion of his dissertation and how to be able to turn success 
into or failure into success. So we thank you for joining us, Richard. We will be right back after these messages with Dr. Tamika Gray. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you soon. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you a graduate or doctoral student pursuing your master's or doctorate degree? Do you continue to struggle with your writing to meet university expectations? Hire an award-winning editing and coaching team to help you earn that degree faster. We provide individualized programs to meet your unique needs graduation awaits call us to make your appointment today the first call is free contact dr cheryl lentz at 702-719-9214 or at refractivethinker.com that's refractivethinker.com have you had a chance to check out voice america's online magazine and blog if you love our hosts and shows check out articles that give an even deeper perspective plus topics about health and fitness movie reviews philosophy business tips and tactics spirituality positive thought current events and even more about your favorite host it's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com that's blog.voiceamerica.com the voice america press blog all access all the time congratulations on obtaining your doctorate degree and your first university faculty position well done The university expects you to publish, and you don't know where to begin. Contact the Refractive Thinker Team, the premier academic publishing house, where discriminating scholars publish with purpose. To learn more about the 16-time award-winning series just for doctoral scholars, contact Dr. Cheryl Lentz at 702-719-9214 or visit the website refractivethinker.com. That's refractivethinker.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're tuned in to Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner. To reach Dr. C or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Dr. Cheryl Lentz at gmail.com. Now, back to Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner. Here's Dr. C. And hello, everyone. Welcome back. We are now going to be inviting our second guest of the show today, Dr. Tamika Gray, to share with us her personal perspective because she sees failure just a little bit differently. So welcome, Dr. Tamika. Greetings. Good to have you here. Let our guests get to know you a little bit. Tell us a little bit about your biography to kind of get into this. Okay, so um, I am a women's health nurse practitioner, I, and that's a general primary care uh, designation. I do still actively see patients. I am also an assistant professor at the University of Toledo in Toledo, Ohio, uh, in the College of Nursing. I have a Reiki practice and love metaphysical healing, and it keeps me grounded, and I just, I enjoy life. I um, have had a few publications, some speaking events that are actually motivational that I didn't realize they were at the time, and when I looked back, they motivated me as well. (laughs) 
And let's talk about that because you and I have talked at length about this idea of perspective as well. Things that didn't look the way they were at the time where lessons came out much later in life when you had things that make you go, huh, I didn't quite see it that way. Tell us about one of those. So um, the, the one that sticks out to me is when I was in my um, doctoral program and I was doing getting ready to do my dissertation, planning a topic. I wanted to look at, um, I wanted to look at work-life balance with people who fit a specific demographic. So work-life balance in nurses who were um, either African-American, Moorish American, Black, whatever that person called, but that fit into that demographic, so African dysphoria, and they needed to be between the ages of 24 and 65 and have families. And so I wanted all of these variables to be in there to see how they managed it, if doing specific things like um, how they debriefed would make a difference. And when I presented that to my chair, she said, that's a good idea, but that's a lot. We're not going to do that. That felt like failure because up until then, this is what I wanted to study. I wanted to study what was just like me. So how are you telling me that I can't study this? I worked hard for this. So now I'm just getting this doctorate in, and it doesn't, it almost felt like, well, it's not going to belong to me. This is somebody else's research, someone else's words, someone else's idea. It doesn't belong to me. And it, it, my thought is, if you're in a program, a doctoral program, you're studying, researching something, it should actually belong to you. Absolutely. So how did you shift this perspective? Because obviously I know what happened. Tell our listeners what happened. <laughs> So I went ahead and rolled with it, and a very wise person said, okay, this is not the rest of your life. This is part of your life, and what do you need to do to get through this? My words were, I just need to get through it. I mean, my attitude was not the best. I was really frustrated. Um, What ultimately happened was I did my study on uh, recognition of stress and stress management in nurses. It's very broad. I did it in a specific area because it was easier to get the get uh, participation where I lived at. Okay, stress management, not what I'm looking at. Didn't I asked I asked a lot of questions that were I knew the ethnicity. I knew the whether there were children, I knew these things in all of my participants. And the um irony of it is, so I've been out for five years. And it wasn't until probably, let's see, this is October, maybe five months ago, if that could have been a little bit more recent, when someone asked me, well, let me back up. So uh, as in my professorship, I've been asked, what is your, uh, what is your study? What is your research area? What is your, and you know, there's all these things, stress management, nurses, women's health. Someone asked me, so when did you start? looking at mindfulness and um, energy work, because I do a lot of that now. Like I said, I'm a Reiki master, and I teach meditation. I meditate a lot. And I said, oh, well, you know, I just started, and then it hit me. Wow. So I wanted a specific demographic, but that demographic was included in a broader study that could actually impact more people. And actually gave way for 
more research to actually be considered. So how you saw things were in reinterpreting what was actually already there. Hmm. Exactly. <laughs> and, and making it more applicable to a greater demographic. So the idea is the process is to trust the process. And as Richard had told us, is to trust the advice you were given and not have our resistance to it, but open-mindedness to it, which is what actually happened eventually as you were able to shift your attitude. Brilliant. Isn't this an amazing education that's about just the process as well as ourselves? Good for you. It is. And and you mentioned in um, your intro about how the universe speaks to you. How do we listen to it? What, what are our interpretations? And sometimes the universe can speak to us 50 different ways, and it's not until we realize it that we realize it. Ah, that's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So the question is, how did you get to that realization? How did you allow that realization to happen? Because I know there was a lot of frustration in the beginning, um, as is with all of my students, but getting past that frustration to finally have that aha moment to go, oh my gosh, it happened anyway. The irony of that in there. How did you get to that point where you realize going, oh my gosh, it happened anyway, almost in spite of myself or maybe despite myself? Both, both, despite (laughs) myself and in spite of myself, Um, despite myself originally, in spite of myself after the realization. So I started applying the techniques that we studied. I started deep breathing, centering myself, bringing myself back when something about it would make me angry. I don't want to talk about this. I don't like this. I'm so angry. I can't function. I realized that, okay, ultimately I was my block. And all these people who were telling me to do it this way or encouraging me to do it this way, not just telling me, are not just simply saying you have to. They're asking me to see a bigger picture. But had I not been bringing myself away from, I, I do this practice where you can, you want to know where your awareness is. Is it in front of you? Is it in the future? Is it behind you? As in in the past? Is it in another city, another state? Well, as long as my awareness is inside of me, I'm paying attention, then I can actually pay attention to what's going on in a situation. Nurses are taught that all the time. We're taught to be with patients, be with people and listen, but we also have to be with ourselves and listen to ourselves. So the deep breathing techniques and the mindfulness actually got me to where I was actually focusing on what was being said as opposed to what I thought was being said and as opposed to what happened five years ago when I started doing research. Teacher heal thyself, yes? Yes. Yes. <laughs> and it's a difficult, but what many students, but I'm not sure it's an accident because most students think that the par- purpose of the doctoral study and finishing your dissertation is the writing piece of it. I'd like to introduce them that the writing piece of it leads to the self-discovery, leads you to the process, leads you to looking at things that are already there, but with different eyes, because now you're ready to see it in a different way. But you had to go through that trial in order to have that testament for that trial. And therein lies the baptism by fire. I, I agree. It's a vehicle. But prior to that, I need an A. I need this on a paper. I need this on a grade. I need this to go this way. And we have all these things completely planned out, we think. So we don't realize that the doctoral, in some cases, the doctoral project is in the DMP 
or a dissertation, those are pathways to expanding the thought process. Ah, brilliant. I often tell my students that you, if you are not changed by the process, you are not paying attention because you are not going to be the same person the first day of school that you are at the last day of school when the dean calls and says, guess what? It's Dr. Gray. And now you have that opportunity to be able to look at that learning that happens, but it's sometimes more difficult than we realize. So in our last few minutes that we have for this segment, Dr. Tamika, tell us your piece of advice that you would leave all of my students with that are currently going through this? What's the best thing you can offer them? The piece of advice that I would um, actually give them is to trust the process. That's not saying trust the person or trust themselves. Trust the process. Because many people have done it. Many people have gone through it. And that student isn't the only one that's feeling those emotions. Uh, True words. True words are never spoken. So as we finish up the segment, how can people continue the conversation with you? Where are the ways to get in touch with you? Email, social media, et cetera. Okay. So email, I can be reached at Tamika.Gray. That's T-E-M-E-A-K-A dot Gray, G-R-A-Y, at gmail.com. I am on Facebook as Tamika, T-E-M-E-A-K-A. G-R-A-Y-E-L, Tamika Gray-L. I am on Twitter as at dot Gray, C-N-P, that's D-O-C-G-R-A-Y-C-N-P. Or by phone at 419-464-8875. Outstanding. Well, everyone, we want to thank Dr. Tamika Gray for joining us today and her unique opportunity to look at how the process, not just the end result, shapes the conversation and some of the things that she's learned and the surprise that she had in this realization, which sometimes took years to happen. And therein lies the key word that Richard offered us is the idea of patience and to know that something we expect today, yesterday, last week, and our own expectations, as uh, Dr. Gray has offered us, is the ability to trust the process and let the time unfold. It's in the universe time when it's supposed to happen, not always when we want to happen. So thank you so much. I want to have you stay tuned. I'm Dr. Cheryl Lentz. Fail faster with Succeed Sooner. We'll return after these messages. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Congratulations on obtaining your doctorate degree and your first university faculty position. Well done. The university expects you to publish, and you don't know where to begin. Contact the Refractive Thinker Team, the premier academic publishing house, where discriminating scholars publish with purpose. To learn more about the 16-time award-winning series just for doctoral scholars, contact Dr. Cheryl Lentz at 702-719-9214 or visit the website refractivethinker.com. That's refractivethinker.com. 
The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Are you a graduate or doctoral student pursuing your master's or doctorate degree? Do you continue to struggle with your writing to meet university expectations? Hire an award-winning editing and coaching team to help you earn that degree faster. We provide individualized programs to meet your unique needs. Graduation awaits. Call us to make your appointment today. The first call is free. Contact Dr. Cheryl Lentz at 702-719-9214 or at refractivethinker.com. That's refractivethinker.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're tuned in to Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner. To reach Dr. C or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Dr. Cheryl Lentz at gmail.com. Now, back to Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner. Here's Dr. C. And welcome back. This is Dr. C, Dr. Cheryl Lentz, and I am known as the academic entrepreneur because I have one foot in two worlds. I have one foot in the business world and one foot in the academic world to be able to build that gap to show the practical application of what we learn between them. And today our application is looking at the idea of failure. And the question we asked our guests today, Dr. Richard Painbridge and Dr. Tamika Gray, we thank them both for joining us today, is the question was, when we ask the right questions, the answers will come. And the idea of failure is to really look at that orientation, if you will, how we look at the world. As we look at that glass of water, the volume of water in the glass never changes. Whether we see it as half empty or we see it as half full, the amount of water remains constant. So it's up to us how we see the world. We can choose to be a gloomy guest or we could choose to be a opportunist and to see value in failure and see joy in failure. And in Dr. Tamika's case, a realization that was five years in the making. When the world happens to us, we are going to shift in some way. We have the choice in how we choose to react and how we choose to shift. We can, again, see that glass of water and decide if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Glass of water is just a thing. And so when we look at this idea is, do we lead or do we follow? When we dance with failure, when we dance with the idea of getting excited about research, getting excited about asking questions, getting excited about change, these are not things that normally excite people. We don't like to change often. We like safety and sameness, safety and conformity, safety and expectations. When too many things change too often, it really 
puts people off their trajectory. We have an expectation. We want it the way we want it and how we see the world, and that's just the way it is. Even if it's not a good way that we see the world and it's not a, a positive orientation, we still find comfort in that sameness of, yeah, even if it's bad, it's still the same bad. This is the idea is we want to be able to shift in this and looking at, are we really making decisions based on where we want to go or based on what we've always done? And here we're looking at doing, conducting research, going through a very intense process of completing one's dissertation, which only 1% of the population ever, ever achieves because of its difficulty. But the difficulty isn't necessarily in just the writing of the dissertation, the actual words on the paper. It's in the process that changes you as part of the process. But sometimes that process, a class you took years ago, you're still thinking about. A class that you reacted to years ago is still reacting to you now and still shaping that. It's kind of like a pebble in a water. You know, we can never say, step in the same river twice. That water always going to shape us, to sand us, to smooth us, to put us in a different context if and only if we choose to recognize its lessons. So I hope you were listening very carefully to the advice of both of these scholars and nurse practitioners and healthcare practitioners and members of society in their communities and what they choose to learn from the lessons their journey has taken them. And so how we react is a choice. We can choose to throw a temper tantrum. We can choose to be angry. Or we can choose to let it go and to allow people. We can't control what others will do. Others will do. We can only choose what we do. And when people tend to look at how we shape, how we show up, it may not work for them. It may be different than they expected. Remember our question is, are you prepared for all possible answers? To include, you may be wrong. To include, you may be right. To include, there may be a surprise. If you'll notice, both Richard and Tamika were looking at things they didn't expect. That, to me, is the, ah, and here's the secret, being open to things they didn't expect. We can shut it down all the time and choose to ignore the research, choose to ignore our feelings, choose to ignore that, that pit in the bottom of your stomach. That's what change is all about. We're only growing. We're only learning if we choose to move beyond our comfort zone. But many people don't like to go beyond, so they stay in little box. They go back to what they've always known. They don't want to do anything new. They don't want to take a risk, and they don't want to have any challenges. And that's okay if it's their choice. But you can't complain, and you can't whine, and you can't suggest, going, oh, well, I wish I had this, and I wish I had that. Mm-mm. If you aren't willing to be prepared for all possible answers and you're going to play it safe, then you're never going to be able to take, advent- take advantage of these gifts that potentially failure will go. Because most people, for example, aren't willing to start their own business. Why? They're too afraid to fail. They're too afraid it won't work. Actually, if you look at the research, we're actually more afraid of success than we are of failure. Why? Because most people, their safety in, the, in what we can expect. And this is how a lot of business people unfortunately work is they base it on their intuition of what they think they know. And this was key to Richard's uh, sharing his story is the fact that what he thought he knew and the assumptions that he made, they were wrong on all counts. And those errors in assumptions was costing the hospital money, money because they were focused on the wrong problems. What they thought they were wasn't the problem. What they discovered based on research was the problem. When they accepted that, when they looked deeper into it, when they changed it, they shifted the needle. 
They saved money. They saved patients. They changed patient protocols. Tamika had all kinds of reservations because she had to finally learn to let go of things that weren't serving her. And so I want to bring the show to a close and and show you the things that we're talking about today is to be careful of assumptions, to be careful of your intuition, because many of these assumptions aren't correct. And that's how we learn is we want to be able to look at the concept of change, the concept of taking the advice that you can get, trusting the process, trusting the universe and accepting the gifts from failure. So we want to thank you for listening to this week's episode of Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner with Dr. C. And to continue the conversation, remember, you can always call in for us if you'd like and email me with your questions of the week. And we'll see what we can do about getting some answers for you, drsherylentz.com. Our social media handles are twitter.com, Dr. Cheryl Lentz, Facebook, Success Through Failure, Facebook, Lentz, all kinds of ways to be able to get in touch with us. And we want to be able to leave you with some very interesting advice to be able to ask how you're going to dance with failure. When you look ahead, look at the week ahead and you look at the challenges that it might bring you, let's look at that vision. Let's look at dialing in those binoculars. Let's look at how are you going to see the world this week? Remember, a glass of water has the same volume of water in it, regardless if you see it half full or you see it half empty. So I want to challenge you to be able to just see the water. Because as a man thinketh, so he is. As we think we are, we're right either way. Let's make it to be more of a positive, more of an effective, more of the joys of failure instead of the frustrations and the permanence of failure. We have choices. And so I want to help you learn to dance with failure and to take the lead and to be the best part of what you can do based on what the universe is offering you. So think about some of the things that you're looking with that F word, that failure, that word that scares most people more than anything available. It's risk versus reward. So let's take a drink of that glass of water. Let's put a smile on our face. Let's embrace what failure can offer us so we can shift our path. We can use the Alice in Wonderland and to offer that answer to the Cheshire cat, which way do I go? I know exactly which way to go. I know exactly the road I want to take. I know exactly how I'm going to interpret failure. So you've been listening to Dr. Cheryl Lentz, Fail Faster with with Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner with Dr. C, the academic entrepreneur. And I'm Dr. Cheryl Lentz and couldn't be more thrilled. Go ahead and dance with failure this week. We'll see you next week at the same time, same station, and we'll look forward to having you with it. So keep dancing, everybody. Keep dancing. Thank you for joining us this week for Fail Faster, Succeed Sooner with Dr. C, the academic entrepreneur. Dr. Cheryl Lentz invites you to listen again next Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. It's time for you to find your success. We'll talk again next week.